So this we can answer sort of a read Parshas Bullock. But the Sigur we will be discussing today is so relevant and so fundamental and central. Doesn't matter which Parsha you're reading. And anyway, the Sigur I will be discussing today is not really firmly based on this Parsha or another. I look for a Pasuk. So this week's Parsha, Bolok Melech Moyev, the king of Moyev, asks Bilam, who was a prophet, the Novi, to curse Klal Yisrael. He is worried. The Jews, like all the anti-Semites in history, were afraid. They multiply too fast. Too many kids, too big families. They're becoming plenty. And they might be a Gaius Hamishi, a fifth column. So Bullock wants to destroy the Jews. And he brings Bilam. And Bilam is out to curse. Kodesh Bochu controls the world. And instead of bringing a curse to the people of Yisroel, wherever he looks, he just sees their beauty and their greatness. And Bullock takes Bullock from one place to another, from one standpoint to another, whichever direction he looks. It is only the beauty of Klal Yisrael that he sees. And what does he see? Rashi writes, Shoichen leshvot avroa kol shevet veshevet shochen laatzmo veeinanem uravim. He sees every tribe dwelling by itself and they don't mix. Do we mix or don't we mix? Should we mix, should we mix or should we not mix? To mix or not to mix? To be or not to be? So there is a beauty in the togetherness of Kalal Yisrael. But there's also beauty in the unique nature of every Shevet into itself. I once spoke about the Keshet. The Keshet is a similar Rachamishamayim as Kashti Notati Ba'onon. What is unique about a rainbow and why is it so beautiful? So each tribe of Israel had its flag. Each flag has a different color. We find in Chazal and the Gemara and the Medrash. When all those colors are one next to the other, they're beautiful. When one is on top of the other, you lose the entire beauty because you don't see the distinct and beautiful nature of each and every color into itself. So those colors need to be very close. They need to stick one to the other, like in a rainbow, but not one on top of the other. And that is the beauty of So today we speak about minhagim. Each group, each Ada has its own minhagim, and we are to cherish minhagim. So what we talk about today is there are tariag mitzvahs diuraiz, and many more mitzvahs that are born on. Many times my Talmidim know I speak about in HaToyra, but today we discuss Toikif HaMinhagim. How do we know that Minhagim have importance and what needs to adhere to Minhagim? Twice in Shas, Chazal being a Posuk in Mishlei, very first Perek in Mishlei. So in Psochim Davnun Omid Beis, and Achulen Sadegim Omid Beis, Psochim Nun Omid Beis, we speak about a minig regarding Kedushas HaShabbos. B'nei Ma'ishon had a meaning of their forefathers, not to be mafling mitzor and Sidon. Tzor and Sidon are two towns, two cities in northern Israel, what is today Lebanon. And there are two uh, cities on the Mediterranean Ocean, and they're very close one to another. I think just a few kilometers separate between Tzor and Sidon. But B'nei Ba'ishon didn't travel from Tzor and Sidon and Erev Shabbos the boat ride would be a short boat ride, but they didn't do it on Erev Shabbos. And then their children, second generation, came to the Chachomem and they said, 
our parents were well-to-do, they could afford it, but we need to take advantage of the market that's on Erev Shabbos. Could we take a boat ride from Torah Tzidir? And the answer was no. And the Gemara says, how do we know what, that one needs to adhere to Minhagim? Emphasizing the safer of this posuk. Obviously, Shema Beni Musa is Dalat It is the fathers that teach their kids Torah. But how one is supposed to conduct his affairs and what is the image of a Jewish home? That is what you learn from your mothers. That is the source of Minhogim. And in that in Chulin there's a sugi regarding Cheshilta. And the Gemara says it's Machloikis, whether it's Eve Menachai or not Eve Menachai. And Rabbi Yochan responds to Rabbi Shomen Bar Abba and he says, You are from Bavel, and therefore you need to adhere to the meaning of Bavel that prohibit eating Beyechashilta. And once again, the Gemara quotes that very same posik, Alti Toishtor Semechum. It was always a Pelabiyainai. The Torah Hashemish Pot Shin Samaches quotes Rav Shreda Goin that the source of a Menhagim is a Posik and Torah Moshe. This is a drosha to the best of my recollection, to the base of my memory, has no source neither in Babylon nor in Yushalmi nor in Tesefta. But it's what the, the tool quotes Rabbeinu Shreida Goin. So on one hand, it's a posik of Torah Moshe, which has more importance than a posik in Mishle, but on the other hand, it's not a Chazal. So in my Ksavim and Achuv, I wrote, maybe we need another source that a Minag is relevant and is important in Dina Mominus as well. Because both sources we find in Gemara deal with Mitzvah Shebenodem Lamokayim, Shemitah Shabbos on one hand, that's the Gemara in Psochem, and Machoros Asuras on the other hand, which is the Gemara in Chulin. The Torah in Shechoshe Mishpot Shein Samaches talks about Dina Mominus. So maybe Dina Mominus needs another source. That is not Altitosh Torah Simecho. And that would be Loisase Gvul Reacho. Because Lefipshutosh Shel Mokro, Asogas Gvul is a monetary concept. It means don't steal land and don't move the border or the fence of your border into your neighbor's property. So it is from this posseg that we know the importance of Menhogem in monetary issues. But that still would not be Miyashev, wouldn't reconcile what we find in Sefer Hasidim, Sif Kuf Yudalad. And he speaks about Menhogem at Philom. So Ashkenazim say the Kroivitz and Svardim don't. And the Sefer Hasidim says one should adhere to Menhogem Voisav and not change and he also quotes the Posek, and that is a Chidush which is Kofol Vemachupal. Because, so the Sefer Hasidim doesn't deal with Dina Momen as he speaks about Menhogeat Filo, and he quotes that very same Posek that the Tur quotes, and not what we find in Chazal, which brings us to a fundamental question Is there Loisasur on Menhogeat? And Lechoyre, that would be a Machloikas that is showing him, do we say a brocha on Minhogim? So this sugya starts off in Sukkadaf Memdalad. Minig Arava. The Minig of Arava Bebeisa Migdosh. Is it Yesoid Nevi'im or Minag Nevi'im? It's not found in Torah's Moshe. It's not the Urais. Is it a Tekon of the Nevi'im or is it a Minig of the Nevi'im? And the Gemara says, what would be the Nafka Minig? Do we say a brocha? If it's Yesoid Nevi'im, we do say a bruch. If it's Minig Nevi'im, we don't. So, that's not the Gemara, that's Rashi. Rashi says that would be the Nafka Minig. So it is clear in Rashi, we don't say a bruch on a Minig. And that is also the opinion of the Rambam. However, Toysis, Sukkamem Dalet, Brochus Yu Dalet, Toysis maintains we say a bruch on a Minig. And the Nafka Minig that the Rishonim deal with is Halal Berish Chodesh. Rish Chodesh is not a day we need to say Halal, it's just a minute, and that is why it's not Halal Sholem and Rosh Chodesh. According to Taisus, we make a brocha, according to the Rambam, we don't. And as always in Hilchas Rosh Chodesh, the Rambam Paskins Halal Rosh Chodesh, you don't say a brocha, and the Ramo, following in the footsteps of Bani Taisus, the Ramo says, we do say a brocha on Halal Rosh Chodesh. So, the question would be, is there Loisasur on a minute? 
because in Shabbos Chov Gimel Ramadanov the Gemara says we say a bracha near Chanukah Asher Kedushonu b'Mitzvah Yisrael Tzivonu Lahadlek Nei Shulchanak and the Gemara asks Heichan Tzivonu how could you say Asher Kedushonu b'Mitzvah Yisrael Tzivonu Heichan Tzivonu Meloisosur so if a minig is loisosur then we should say a bracha and a minig same like Nei Chanukah Heichan Tzivonu Meloisosur but if there is no lotasur on a minag, then we wouldn't say a bracha because the question once again would arise, heichan tzivonu, if there is no loitosu. So maybe that is the source and the origin of this machloikas. Briskarov in Elchaz Brochas has a gewaldig gedank and it has a lot of appeal to me. I think it makes a lot of sense. And the Briskarov explains Shittasarambam that we don't say a bracha on a minag. Not because a minig is less important than a halacha. And maybe a minig is bechlal loitosur. Lechoyretz mefurash rambam. But it is not a chefze de mitzvah. It is of a different nature, a different essence. Mitzvahs are mitzvahs and minhogam are minhogam. There might be loitosur on a minig. But berches are mitzvahs tiknu chazal ala mitzvahs. Not minhogam. This is a chefza of minig, and this is a chefza of mitzvah. Well, if it's brisk, it has to do with chefza. But I think it makes a lot of sense. So once again, is there loisosar on a minag? Biskarov and many others bring the Rambam. The Rambam, the beginning of Hilchas Mamrem. The Rambam says, anything that was put in place by Anshei Knesses Hagidolo. Beisden Hagodl Shebi Yerushalayim Hem Ikar Teiro So anything that was put into place by Beisden Hagodl Shebi Yerushalayim is Mam Beis Amigdash. There is Loitoso, and the Rambam says Gzeres Takonesum in Hagos. And I think the Rambam says the same in his introduction to Mishnah Torah or his introduction to Shas. I think it's in the introduction to Mishnah Torah. So many Achroinim derive from the Rambam. There is Loisosam in Hogim. I doubt it. I doubt that's Pshat Narambam. I explain many times to my Talmidim, and from time to time I go over this in my Shiurim. Kol Divrei Soifrim, Kol Divrei Chachomim, from A to Z, from Aleph to Tov, fit into one of three categories Mitzvahs, Gzeres, Dakonis. Mitzvahs. Tariag mitzvahs diuraisa, but there are many mitzvahs that are derabonon. Netilis yadayim and eruvin, mikra megillah and neachanuka, and meyabruches b'kol yoyim. That is one area of koyach achomim, mitzvahs. And then gzeres, the mitzvahs are b'kum v'aseh, and the gzeres b'shev al-taisa, shavusim b'shabesh, shniyaz darayas, and many, many gzeres that we find throughout the shas. The third area is takonois. Takonois are to establish the fundamentals, the pattern, the routine of Jewish life. And takonois are in many different areas. Some of them are in the family. The responsibilities, the obligations of husband to wife and wife to husband. What does he need to supply her and what does she need to do for him? And then there are takonois ashuk. In monetary business dealings, to make it possible and to enhance Balichuva to step forward and repent their Avedis and achieve atonement. All these are Takonas. So all Divrechachomim fit into one of three categories Mitzvahs, Gzeres, and Takonas. So the Rambam speaks about Gzeres, Takonas, and Minhogois. Minhogim? What about the Mitzvahs? So my interpretation would be when the Raman writes Minhogos, he doesn't mean what we call Minhogam, but rather mitzvahs. Minhogos Bakum which means Eich Odom Tzorech Linoig, Ma Odom Tzorech Lazis. What does he need to do? And that is what the Rambam defines as minhogos. And he doesn't mean minhogam, but rather mitzvah shehem midarabonon. Benkach u benkach. This is an interesting discussion, but let's move on and deal briefly with the essence of minhogam.
Do all minhagim have value? Do we need to adhere to all of them? So we do find in the Rishonim in various different sources a concept of minig betos. And the Rishonim explain, But that is only if people know it's mutar, but if the people mistakenly think that it's also and it's mutar, you need to teach Torah. And you need to enlighten them and teach them this is not prohibited. This is permissible. That doesn't have a din of aminag. Another concept that we find, Bova Basa, Bezom and Taisas, dealing with monetary issues, minag garua. A minig must be an established minig. A minig which Gedoli Yisrael either authorized or certified or agreed to. But it needs to be a minig vasikin. And sometimes there's a minig garua which we do not have to adhere to, or a minig tos. But I would like to deal briefly with the essence of minogim. An interesting machoik is between the tour and the besides of Tofresh Ein and Hilchas Chanukah. The tour brings, Yesh mekoymes shenohagon, that the women don't do a malocha, kol oida neres doilchem. As long as the nechanikas burn, women wouldn't do a malocha. And if that is a minig, we should adhere to that minig and not be mevatel the minig. And in some places, the minig is that women don't do any melacha all day Chanukah. Not only bishosh aneres dolkim, and we need to uphold that minig as well. Writes the tool, and the possessive disagrees, and he says, "What's the point of this minig? Minig sheimbo serach mitzvah is not a minig; means nothing. So, what's the point of this minig that women don't do a melacha?" Chanukah, whether it's all day or as long as the candles Nedes Chanukah are still burning are still lighted. What's the point? So this minig means nothing. And the Bach disagrees with the Bishayseb and he says so what about the minig to fast out of Rosh Hashanah the minig Ashkenaz not to eat Bosaviyayin three weeks from Shavuos to Tisha above. What do you say about that minig? I don't understand the Bach. When the Bishay Yosef speaks about Slach Mitzvah, he doesn't necessarily mean Slach Mitzvah Sasei Bukum Vasei, it could be Slach Mitzvah B'Sheva Altaiseh. I think the Bishay Yosef means Slach Mitzvah, Slach Avoideh, Slach Tshuveh, Slach, Slach Yira Shemayim. So fasting, Gerar Vashon Tshuveh, is a reflection of Tshuveh. It is one of the fundamentals of Tshuveh. It's a Kapura Savoideh, so what's the problem? Same goes three weeks. It's a manifestation. It's a greater version of Avelos. We mourn for Chorban Beis Amigdash, for Tzoros Yisrael. The Bishayis of Mark is against the Minig that, that we don't see what, what does this Minig have to do with, with Avos Hashem, with Yeres Hashem, with Mitzvahs, whether it's a Lav or a Sei, Kum Shaval That's the argument of the Bishayis but still, there's another minik, Tovkuf Nun Aleph, Sif, Ches, that women don't do Mishte on Tishabov, or Yomei Averis, or Shavuot Shachal Tishabov. What is Mishte? doesn't mean drinking. Chuteishti, the vertical and horizontal threads which we put together to weave into fabric, into a beggar, into a garment. So they don't do chute hashti. Why not? Because shti is similar to hashosoy which is a remis to the even shasiu and chorben beis amigdosh. So what's the slach mitzvah? The Taz Siv Kotan Beis argues in Tafiyut Zayin we find that women don't do a malochan roshchodesh. So what is the difference of not doing a malochan chanukah roshchodesh? Seems to be the same. The way I understand the Beis Yosef and everybody that disagrees with the Beis Yosef, I think everybody would agree that a minag, that in no way enhances tshuva, yirashamayim, ahavas Hashem, kiyama mitzvahs, means nothing. All the menogim that have any level of importance must be associated with kiyama mitzvahs, whether it's an asera lotaseh, Yerushalayim, Tshuva, Aveles, something of importance. 
something of significance. Otherwise, it has no din of a minag. I think everybody would agree to that. The question is in the specifics. The Besoysev did not see any reason, any logic about Noshim not doing a Malochan Hanukkah. What does this convey? It conveys nothing. So what about Noshim not doing a Malochan Shchodesh? Some of the Mephoshim say it's because the Noshim were Oymid ben Esoyna, they did not participate in the Chetu Egel. So Hanukkah, some say it's about Yehudis, then as Hanukkah was brought forth by Aisha Tzedekes, we have so many different minhagim, and I think the fundamentals are agreed upon by everyone. A minig must have some spiritual significance. Slach mitzvah, slach yiro, slach tshuva, slach ava, something. So the, the argument is only in the specifics. And others would say, and that's obviously the opinion of the tour. if women don't do a Malochan Chanukah, it is conveying a certain message. Either we should have more time to focus on Nais and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hanism and Amunah V'Betochen and Nais Pach Hashemen and to commemorate Yehudis Hatzet Konis. She brought about the salvation of Klan Yisrael and that generation. That is defined as Lach Mitzvah. The Bishayasev just doesn't see it. Doesn't see it. And that is the Machlokes. So I think the Machlokes would be in technicalities and practicality, and not in Yisoides Toiras Haminogim. In Yerushalmi, find an expression twice: Mineg Mevatel Halacha. Bov Mesiachov Zaynu Edbeis Yevomes Samach Vovomedalov. And some Achronim took this line literally: Mineg Mevatel Halacha. Mineg overrides Halacha, but that is unreasonable, unacceptable. If there's a clear state, a contradiction between Minig and Aloha, Aloha must have the upper hand, always. Because Aloha is more essential and more important than Minogim. Aloha is mitzvahs, either the Uraisa or the Rabbonon. And Minig, after all, is only a Minig. Twice in Shas do I recall in which it is clear that Minig ain't no to the contrary. Rosh says, well, if the halach is not according to the minig, then we need to be mevatel the minig. Roshona tesvomedveis. We find similar in Yevomis ayin omud aleph. So let me make this clear: minig is not mevatel halacha. So what's pshat Yushalmi minig mevatel halacha? The Yushalmi appears twice, Bava Metzia, as I quoted before, Chov Zayinim Edveis. But in that Yushalmi, there's no chiddush whatsoever. It's a Mishnah, Hakal Kaminaga Medina. Perika Poilem, Sercheres a Poilem. Balabais rents a Poil, a worker. Hakal Kaminaga Medina. If the Minig is to give more, you give more, give less, you give less. Hakal Kaminaga Medina. And it is on this Aloha that the Ushami says Minig Vatla Locha. And clearly it doesn't mean Minig Vatla Locha, but Minig is part of the fabric, of the context of Halocha. It is Halocha. Especially in Momenis. Because whenever two people have an agreement, it is almanas. It is in accordance to the Minag. And that is a very famous Yisod we find in many Shoinim and many Paiskam and the Chazanish says it several times. We assume that if two people come into a, a contractual agreement, it is Aldaz Haminag. So Minig dictates halacha; it doesn't override halacha. What do we do with Yevom Samachvav? What are we talking about there? That is not momentous. It's not beinodam lachaveiroi. It's about chalitza. And the Yerushalmi says, "Im yovi eliyov yomar ein cholzin besandel ein shoymin loy shenagahu um lachlitz besandel veminig mavat lalocha." So this clearly seems to say minig mavat lalocha because we're dealing with. Hechshel Chalitza, which is not Beinodam Lechaveiroi. So in Shuvah Satash, but it's Chelek Dalet, Yochin Uboyaz. Chelek Alasim and Kuf Yud Ches. They say, well, maybe the Babli is Chorik Ayushalmi. Maybe the Babli is Chorik Ayushalmi. Which Babli they don't quote. They say maybe. But maybe it is those two Gemoras, Bob Metziah Ayinom Adalaf. Roshonat Hesvavah Midbeis, in which the Gemara clearly says, 
if a minute goes against Salocha, then we go against the minute, then that minute is not binding. Shaboy Leleket, Tfilo, Simachov Gimel, also quotes the Yushalmi Minag Mevatel Halacha. How do we understand this? Tshuva was a son of the Tashbits. Tov Kuf Samachai, he says. Im Yova Yeleyovi Yomar ain't holds a besandal, ain't shomeloi kwa nagu lachloitz besandal. And the Torah it says, Vesholfu na loima al ragloi. How do we define footwear? How do we define a shoe? What people wear in every different generation, Lafia Mokrem Vazman, that is an al. So if people are noyeg to wear a sandal, Mamele sandal koshela chalitza. It's a valid thought, but I don't think it fits into the Loshna of the Yushalmi. Shekvar nago hu om lachloitz besandal. Yushalmi doesn't say kvar nago hu om lilboish sandal, but lachloitz besandal. So it's obvious in Yushalmi, it's not because everybody is wearing sandalim that it becomes considered a naal, but rather it is the minig that overrides the halacha. So let me share with you what I feel about this. Yes, the Yushalmi says minig mavat lalocha, but as I said before, it could not be interpreted literally. Minig is not mavat lalocha. Halocha overrides minig, as we saw twice in Shas. However, there's an expression in Yerushalmi that appears at least three times, probably more. But what I remember, If a locha is not clear to you, you cannot reach a clear conclusion what that locha is. Go out in the street, look what people do, what good people do. So the Yushami doesn't say that Minig is Mavatel Haloch and these sources, but rather you follow the Minig, even though the Haloch is not clear to you. Doesn't need to be clear to you. It was clear to your forefathers, and they were greater than you. And if that is their Minig Vasikin, you could rely on their knowledge. They knew what they are talking about. How people do and do as they do. And I think meaning fundamentally is the same idea. It's not the same language. And there might be a slight difference. So three times Yerushalmi says, and you cannot decide. I think by meaning it is even if you think you could decide. I think I could decide. And I would be deciding Lachomra and the Yushami says, no. No. Minig bevatl alocha. Ain shomen loy. So try. Try to go back to the fundamental source. Try to ask Gedolim that are bigger than you and smarter than you and they know more halacha than you. But the Kabbalah say Yushami is not minig mevatel alocha. And I want to prove this point from the Bavli. Because just like I remarked before regarding the Gemovam Bometziah, this very same Yerushalmi is found in Babli as well, exactly the same, besides three words, Minig Mevat Lalocha. What does the Babli say? Im Yovay Eleyov Yoymer Ein Cholzem Besandl Ein Shomaloi Kvar Nahagu Lachloitz Besandl So the Yerushalmi says the same. Minig has the upper hand. We should assume. Otherwise, it wouldn't become a minag. So, minag dictates halacha. It defines halacha. It does not override halacha. Which means, if we have a clear halacha in Shechanoch, in Gedolia Paiskam, the minig is differently, we are to be mevatel the minig to adhere to halacha. However, when the halacha is not 100% clear, then we turn to minag. That is my understanding. And it is based on the fact that in Yavom Kuv Beis Omedalov, we find exactly the same halacha as in Yerushalmi Samachvav. The Babli doesn't use the expression minag levat halacha, the Yerushalmi does, but that is my understanding of minag mevatel halacha. 
אם רואה אדם, אם הלוך רפפס בידיך, צא וראה. We find a similar idea in Bavli and Brochus Memhei Umedalov and the Gemoz Mesupik do we say Boyden of Hoshes Lavis and water. And the Gemoz says Poik Chazei Mai Ame Debar. What do people say? How do people act? Rely on them. So as I mentioned before, the Chazenish and various different Makoyres, various different sources says that is the Ikotoikov of Minogim. If this is a Minikshen Ishtaras Babes Esur, we could assume that all those previous Gedolim, greater Gedolim than we are of previous generations, they agreed to the solution, whether it's uh, anything. So we find the same as I quoted regarding a question in Berchesanen, and that is my understanding which brings us to the last part of today's year and an interesting fascinating sugya changing Nusach HaTfilo so a person is of Safari origin I've asked I've been asked these questions a hundred times yesterday night after I gave a shi'an Hanof a young boy approached me a boy is from Sephardic origins, but he learned all his life in Litvish Yeshivas. And he damned in a Litvish Abismedish. And everybody damned in Nusach Ashkenaz. He feels out of place damning Nusach Eidot HaMizrach. The other way around. This is very uncommon in Israel, but Achutz Arsa have been asked more than once. A boy is of Ashkenazi origin, but he finds his place in a Sephardic community. It's very common with Bali and this is the age of Bali Tshuva. So a person knows his forefathers were Sephardi, but they weren't religious. For five generations, they knew nothing about Yiddishkeit. comes from a totally secular background. And the people that were Makarov and Marashkenazim, does he need to adhere to Minogas Farad because his great, great father, great father, who wasn't from at all, he, he, he didn't adhere to any Minogam. If it would be dependent on me, I wouldn't blame. Why does it depend on genetics? It has nothing to do with genetics. Sephardim followed the Messiah of Ashkenazim, followed the Ramo. This is primarily dealing with communities. If you see yourself part of the Sephardic community, it's the Messiah. If you are an integral part of the Ashkenazi community, it's the Ramo. But the individual has the right to decide who am I, where am I, what is my identity. Doesn't need necessarily to depend on genetics. I know it's not the opinion of Rav Gidoilam, but Ludati. This is what I would just feel. But coming back to our fundamental question, Chuvis Marajam or Rechaim Semelamedei says, Nusachat Fila, it's not important at all. Koranes Chois, go to the same place. All the tefillahs, doesn't matter which nusach, goes up to the Kisya Kovid, and HaKadosh Baruch who listens to our tefillahs, and he understands Shivim Loshan. You can't escape him. So according to the Mashdam, the nusach means nothing. You could have in Shachos, one nusach mincha, another nusach, marav, another nusach, you could change. But most of the Gedolim, even of his generation, and the generations to come, disagree with him. Shalashuv is Chaim, Sharafrayim, Simon, Yud, Gimel, Pesa Shilchon, Hilchasetz Esol, Pere Gimel, I think it's Ois Nun Alef Shoyna Meshev, Madura Gimel, Chelek Alef Simon, Reishmem Zayim. They say, Nuschoyes Tatfele do depend on Minogam. Which brings us to the Mughan of Roman is an introduction to Simon Samach Chet. Quoting the Arya Kodesh. The Kodesh says, a person should never change the Nusachat of his forefathers. And why is that? Perek Memches is the very last Perek in Novi Yecheskel. And the Novi Yecheskel describes a vision, a dream, as a great part of Sevi Yecheskel, which is about the base of Migdash, Hosad Lovei Bemeher of Yomenu. And the Novi Yecheskel talks about Yud Beis Sha'orim. Three Sha'orim in every direction. Mizrach, Marav, Tzafayin, Umiyam. Each of them has three Sha'orim. Together Yud Beis Sha'orim. Keneged Yud Beis Shavotim. Brings us back to the Pesach we quoted at the beginning of the year. 
ביארץ יסרו על שויכה נשבותיו. יוד בייס שבותם, יוד בייס שערי שמיים. איץ שבט הזז און נוסח. איץ נוסח הזז און שער בשמיים. And that is why a person should never change his nusach. There's one word in Mugad of Rome that is different than Shara Kavonois, Inyan Kavonois at Filo. The Mugad of Rome says, Lo'olom, al yishanodom emineg mekoimoi. When the Ari speaks about minigavois, Mugad of Rome quotes him as speaking about minigamokoim, which is interesting. Is there a machloikis? I don't think so. I would rather say Minig Makoim and Minig Oves are one and the same. Once upon a time, people lived in the same little town for hundreds of years, unless there was a pogrom or a churban, and the goyim chased us out, which happened quite often in our tortured history. But without tragedy and catastrophe, families lived in the same little town for so many years. So when Dariya Kodesh says, Ali Shanodim HaMinig Avoisav, the Mughan Avoisav's understanding is, Ali Shanodim HaMinig Makoimoy, because it's the same. In my opinion, Avois doesn't mean exactly your dad and your mom, your father and your mother. A person who wants to take a palace of Chumlis, they bind no one but himself, not even his children. Minigovis means the minogam of Eidois, of Chugim, of groups. Like Kitneus, for instance, which is Minig Ashkenazim and not Minig Svaradim. But Ashkenazim for the past thousand years prohibit the use of Kitneus on Pesach. These are fundamental minogam, and they are Machayev, everyone. There are different levels of Minhagim. But going back to the Ariya Kodesh and the Mughan of Rome, each Shevet has its own Shar, each Shevet has its own Nusach. And therefore, one should never change the Minig Ovois. Because they might not understand in that Shar what you're talking about. Each Shar is designated for a Shevet, and each Shevet. Had his own nusach. So it was a shocker when the first generation of Hasidim, Talmidei Abel Shem Tov, changed the nusach from Ashkenaz to Sfarad en masse. Tens of thousands of Hasidim dropped nusach Ashkenaz and they went over to nusach Sfarad. Now the Abel Shem Kodesh and Hasidim claimed they encouraged everyone to be noyeg kemineg ha'ari. But the Riyah Kodesh is the one that says a person should never change the Nusach of his forefathers. So how can you argue you adhere to the teaching of the Ari and go against a fundamental that the Ari writes in Shara Kavonis? You need to have the same Nusach as your forefathers. So how did you all change from Ashkenaz to Svarad? So Gedoy Hasidim came up with a very, very creative answer, a spark of genius. The Psukim at the end of Novi Yecheskel, as I quoted before, Yud Beis Shorim. However, Lukuti Amorim, the Maggid of Mezrich, Os Kuf Yudalet says, there's Shar Yud Gimel. How do we know there's a 13 Shar? It's not in Novi Yecheskel, but it's a Mishnah in Shkolim. Shkolim Tetzayin, or rather Yerushalmi in Shkolim. And the Beis HaMikdash is Yud Gimel Shorim. And the Beis HaMikdash is Ma'in, Beis HaMikdash Shalmal, or Shar Shemayim. So what is Shar 13 in the Beis HaMikdash? That's the Shar HaKoylel. And Shar HaKoylel is Nusach Svarad. And everybody could have a Nusach Svarad, and his Tvilas will go up, Shar Yud Gimel, which is Shar HaKoylel. It's a tremendous chiddush, because after all, the Ari bases his teaching on the Psukim in Yecheskel, and Yecheskel doesn't talk about Yud Gimel Shorim, but rather Yud Beis. So yes, in the Mikdash you are Yud Gimel Shorim, but who says that the same is B'Shemayim regarding Nusach HaTfilah? Zera Koydish, the Rab Shitzarov, the Rabbi of the Divrachaim, in the section on Tesvav B'Av, 
וזה יום שמחי, יום שבו התרשבותים. לא בזה, בזה הנזק. Unique interpretation is that all the Shvotim came together in the same Nusach, and that is Nusach Svarad. So I think there are two different Misholim, two different nuances how to explain. What was the basis of Hasidim to go from Ashkenaz to Svarad? One approach would be Shar Yud Gemal. Yes, there are ten Shorim for ten Shvotim, each Shevet with his own unique Nusach. But then there's thirteen Shar, and that is Svarad for everyone. The other approach would be, no, there are only Yud-based Shorim. The Novi Yecheskel knows what he's talking about. There are no Yud-Gimel, Chaloines v'Shorim b'Shamayim. But there's the master key. So in many yeshivas, in many buildings, in many offices, each room has a key. But there's one master key that it opens all the doors and all the locks. So maybe each Nusach is a key. A key to one of the Yud Beis Shorim. Nusach Svarad is the master key. Nusach Svarad opens all the doors. It opens all the Yud Beis Shorim. And Nusach Svarad is appropriate to all of them. And all the Yud Beis Shorim would give entry to Nusach Svarad. So either Nusach Svarad is another Shar or it's a key to all the other Shorim. Shai Yud Gimel or maybe. Yud Beis Sheorim Vetu Lo. Dechsam Soifer is asked, Orachayim Tezayin, what he says about this, and he totally rejects it, and Dechsam Soifer says, one cannot go over from one Nusach to the other, and there's no difference switching from Svarat to Ashkenaz, from Ashkenaz to Svarat. And Dechsam Soifer has a fundamental and interesting argument, and he says, we would assume that Nusach Ashkenaz has the same Soides as Nusach Svarat, Anshay Svarad were lucky they had the Ari Kodesh, it was Megala the Soides. If we would have an Ari writes of some Soifer, we would know all Kavonas that fill of Nusach Ashkenaz. They're the same, and therefore, one cannot go from one Nusach to the other. The Divrachaim was an admirer of the Chsam Soifer, but as we could imagine, he was a Chosid. He was the founder of a Chasidish dynasty. And a Chuvis Divrachaim, or a Chaim Chelik Beisim, and Ches the Divrachaim clearly says, one could go over from Asaglas to Svarad, but not from Svarad to Ashkenaz. And as Simon Tezvovdach Samsoyf has an argument with the Yismach Moshe and another Minag Bemen Hogech Hasidus regarding Tefillah, but we won't get into that. Samsoyf Tezvov, Heshiv Moshe Shalas Echuvis Siman Zayin. So today we discussed the word of Shalbinom, Beyaris Yisrael. So there's one posik in Avuaz Bilam that thousands upon thousands of Amchu Beisisol start their daily avoidance Hashem with this posik Matoivu Oyolechu Yankov Mishkon Yisrochu Yisroel. Many pshotim in Rashi and a Medrash. One of them is. And he exalted the beauty of Botaknesius and Botamidroshes. And my question is, Bullock didn't have anything against the Koilalim. He had nothing against Yeshivas. He didn't bring Bilam to curse the Yeshivas. So what's your story? What's your story? Why do you want to curse the yeshivas? Doesn't make sense. Mayav was worried. What was he worried? He is afraid that the Jews would be a fifth column, as I mentioned at the beginning of this year. So why would Bilam curse the shuls? If Bilam is afraid the Jews might collaborate with his enemies and fight him, the last ones he needs to be worried about are the Koilo guys and the yeshiva boys. He needs to worry about the warriors, the ones that know how to use arms and weapons, the ones that took the classes in karate and in martial arts, the fighters, the warriors, the strong ones, the big ones, the ones that are violent. He has nothing to be worried about, about the Muslims and the yeshiva. 
on the coil. So what's the story? My feeling is this. Bilam is a prophet. He knows something about the nature of the world and he knows something about history. And he knows that as long that Jews are connected with Torah, as long as the Abotoknesias and Abotoknesias, no power in the world could overcome them. No one could destroy them. If you want to destroy the Jews, first you need to deprive them of Talmud Torah. We have the famous story of Rabbi Kiva and he was captured by the Romans and in jail in the dungeon he meets Papus Ben Yehudo his friend and Papa says but before they meet in jail they meet somewhere else Papus sees Rabbi Kiva putting his life in jeopardy and bringing hundreds of Talmidim together and to teach them Torah. And Papus asked Rabbi Kiva, Kiva, aren't you afraid of the authorities? And Rabbi Kiva says, of course I'm afraid. But, That's the story of the fox and the fish. So the fox takes a walk on the riverbank and he says the fish are agitated, they're nervous, they're swimming around nervously and he asks them, why do you seem to be afraid? And they said, don't you see there are fishermen out there, they're putting nets in the water and they're catching us, they're killing us. So the fox says to the fish, why don't you come up here? There are no nets up here on the riverbank, come up. And the fish respond, Mr. Fox, we are sea animals we live in water and in water we're afraid if we will leave the water we cannot live we will die we don't breathe air we cannot leave the water we're afraid in the water but going up on land would be a hundred times worse because we can't live on land. And Rabbi Kiva explains to Papas, Rabbi Kiva explains to Papas, we are water creatures. We cannot live without Torah. Torah is the air we breathe. It's the oxygens in our lungs. I'm afraid, but if we're afraid when we learn Torah, if we won't learn Torah, we will be a thousand times worse off. So Torah is our livelihood. So many times in the past six years, I told the amazing story of the first time my late father met my great Rabbi, the Kloyser Magad Rabbi. It was the second day she was 1944 in Auschwitz in Birkenau. My father arrived the first day, the Kloyser Magadev and his family arrived the second day. First day she was, my father's grandparents, father and mother, five out of eight siblings, went straight to the gas chambers and to the crematoriums. They went up in smoke. Kloyser Magadev arrived a day later, that very same day, his wife and 10 of his 11 children, straight to the gas chambers and to the crematoriums. They went up in smoke. He was left with one child, his Bechor, Lipala, and he died a few days after the liberation from Tifus. So my father heard that the Kloyser Magadevi arrived. He put his life in jeopardy, went from one barracks to the other, and he approached the Kloyser Magadevi and he expressed the Simcha, I hope I will be able to come close to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe looked down on him and said, Young boy, if you think it's going to do you any good, it's not going to do you any good. And my father explained it. Of course, it'll do me good. We could talk on learning. And the Rebbe was surprised. And he said, Bocha, you're in Auschwitz and you want to talk on learning. And my father said, yes, I am in Auschwitz. And I think we need to talk on learning because otherwise, how will we prevail? Otherwise, how will we get through this? How will we survive? So my father as a young boy of 18 years old felt intuitively in the depth of his heart, if we won't talk and learning, we can't survive. That is what Papos teaches. That is what Rebekiva teaches. 
Papus Ben Yehuda. As long as we learn Torah, this is where we live, and this is how we live, and this is what we breathe. Im nifrosh heimena, we have no chance. And it is what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai felt 2,000 years ago in the days of Chorb Mabayis, when he finally meets Aspasianus, and Aspasianus seems to have a liking of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he says, make a wish and it'll be granted. What does Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai ask for? He knows in Ruach HaKodesh that the base of Mikdash is doomed, that the base of Mikdash is lost. And the only guarantee for the future of Kalal is it is only the yeshiva that could keep us going. And as the Gemara says in Yom Achav Ches, Avroam Zokom Yoshev Yeshiv, Yitzchak Zokom Yoshev Yeshiv, Yankov Zokom Yoshev Yeshiv, Umiyameim Shalavisaynu Loi Posku Yeshiv Emehem, Yodil Mitzrayim Yeshiv Emohem, Yodil Aboval Yeshiv Emohem. There's an outstanding and important historical book, a work from Rav Moshe Prager, Eilish Shalonich Neu. I know it was translated into English. I don't know what the English name is those that did not surrender. And he tells the story of young Gerach Hasidim Yeshiva boys in the Warsaw Ghetto. So when some people were standing at the windows and on the rooftops and shooting at the Nazis, putting their life in danger, and there was a debate at the time, is it the right thing to do? Some Gedolim felt yes. I think that was the opinion of Rabbi Nachem Zemben. So some were fighting the Germans and other, and that very same time were in the cellars learning Torah. And that's the story of those that did not surrender. And those young tzaddikim learned Torah till their very last gasp of breath until they were burned and suffocated by fire and smoke. It is the only guarantee of the future of Kalal Yisrael. And Bilam knows that, and that is why. He knows what Baruch expects. Baruch is afraid of the people, but Bilam knows if we don't tear them away from both the Knesis and both the Midrashis, we can never overpower them. They are the people of death, of eternity, because their Torah is the Torah of eternity. Those Oisius are Nishmas Yisroel. You could destroy our bodies, you cannot destroy our Nishamas. And those are the Oisius Parachis. It is only in the Schuss of Talmud that we're here, that we survive, and that we will prevail. Not much left, not that many years left till Biyasa Mashiach, who we've been talking and learning for the past 2,000 years, and we intend to do so as long as it'll take till we will be Zoychut to Bias Moshiach Tzidkeinu. Shenaskilabias Goyal Sedek, Bemehero, Viomeno, Omeno.